to the Flicks Forum podcast with Jesse Heater and MJ. In this week's episode, we'll be discussing Netflix's 17th film, the 2016 action comedy, True Memoirs of an International Assassin, directed by Jeff Wadlow, starring Kevin James, Zule Hanau, Andy Garcia, Maurice Compete, Callan Coleman, Andrew Howard, and Rob Riggle. Good afternoon, my fellow friends. Good afternoon, Jesse. G'day, boys. Hey. I'm, I'm kind of excited today because I was on Facebook earlier today and um, I came up with one of my memories, as you do, <laughs> as you do. And today, my memory was, I'm excited, there's a countdown till Netflix arrives in Australia. So, as our recording day, um, Netflix has been in Australia for four years. Come on, Netflix. Wow. So, how, how short time? That's there a lot of money go. that I've um, pumped into the... So, um, yeah, four, four years tomorrow, as of our day of recording, uh, Netflix has been... So you made that post a day before Netflix? I did. I was like was three hours to three hours countdown until Netflix as well, so I obviously stayed up to... Did you get it as soon as it came out? Netflix? Netflix. Yeah, I did, yeah, yeah. of course. Of course. I, 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 I reckon it took me six months, and I think it was Making a Murderer. All the hype around that. That was the exact same for yeah. me. I reckon, yeah, a good six months, and then I'm like, all right, I, I, I have to watch this show, Making a yeah. Murder, we'll get Netflix. When do you get, like, the one frame month? I'm like, we can smash out a show in, <laughs> yeah. in a month, and then you get it, and you're like, and you're hooked. Nah, I'm in. You're, you're, you're hooked on it. I, I vaguely remember, I'm pretty sure um, it launched when House of Cards launched. I'm just off the top of my head, yeah, and that, I'm pretty that sure sense, that was, yeah. I was pumped up about that, and that was why I jumped nah, out. House of right. Cards is... Older than four years, though. It would have been like House of Cards season, season three, three or something. Yeah, and maybe that was why they were releasing yeah. it in Australia. So, um, yeah, so that, that's a happy happy day for us. Oh, Very nice. Did you work out how much money you pumped into Netflix over the last four years? Oh, Ten bucks a month for four years. <laughs> it's, it's quite a bit of cash, but I think it's well worth it. And at what point did you realize you were going to make a podcast about it? Like an hour into your first <laughs> yeah. I was like, I need to do something. I need to do something. <laughs> All right, so um, as we said, today we're here to talk about... Uh, this Kevin James film, True Memoirs of an International Assassin. So as usual, we go around the table and we give a quick summary of, in our fast flicks of what the film's about. I reckon MJ's going to kick us off today. Let us know what's going on. Happy to. Funny man, Kevin James, in a real Kevin James kind of role, playing a budding author who gets mistaken for being a world-class assassin. He is, of course, kidnapped and forced to kill the president of Venezuela, or he will be killed himself. A power struggle sees him in this weird murder triangle and his next move will be a matter of life and death. Mm. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> sure, sure. Hey, Doc. All right. So a writer's t- debut novel about an assassin called The Ghost is mistaken for a true story. This leads to him being kidnapped by those that think he's the ghost and thrown into the dangerous world of the character he created. Good. All right. Did, did he create the ghost though? We wrote the story. <laughs> it's fiction, Jesse. It's fiction. It's all fiction. All right, so I've gone with uh, a down-and-out guy becomes an overnight sensation when he publishes a story about an international assassin. The release leads to a case of mistaken identity and an adventure that is too hard to believe. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't end with the question. I was, I was like, how do I get a question? Surpri- right? Surprise. Yeah, you didn't actually. No, didn't. <laughs> Are we going to talk about the fact that this is a really long title again? I know we spoke about that for I Am The Pretty Thing That Lives In The House. For some reason, yeah. I reckon this feels more uh, normal for some, like true memoirs of an international assassin. It's probably more characters than. I, I don't think it feels that long. It, it, it felt long for me because every time I was typing, <laughs> yes. those characters, I was like, "How do I spell assassin?" I was like, spell check, spell check, spell check every time. I just feel like I am the pretty thing that lives in a house is like a sentence. Yeah, this feels like a title. Yeah, it feels like a title. 
But I, I also still love yeah, I, don't know. I, I Am The Pretty Thing That Lives In The House. I thought that was a great title. <laughs> great film title. All right, so let's let's go around and have a chat about anything that we, we've learned about this film um, as we've been, I don't know, most, most people would understand. We probably put a bit of time and effort into um, looking at these films. So, Hida, what, what, what did you learn about this film? Um, all right, well, it's a remake of a 1973 French film. I didn't write down the title because I knew I wasn't going to pronounce it. Le Magnifique. There we go. I'm not good at French. A lot shorter. Leave you to do that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was what released on Netflix 11th November. Had a budget of 40 million dollars. Ooh, 40 million is pretty decent. That's that seems like a lot compared to what other movies I reckon. Other 40 million dollar films, and this is just for good context. um, The Sixth Sense was 40 million dollars. Wow. Eight Mile was $40 million. Lucy, which you, I thought would have been a bit more expensive yeah. just with all the special Scarlet effects. Scarlet yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Conjuring 2, which is one of my favourite horror films. Um, Sin City was $40 million. Wow. And a couple Sin of the, City? Yeah. A couple what of a come movie. Under. What a movie. <laughs> Twilight, Creed, and Where the Millers are all less than $40 million. So it shows that, that you got enough money to do something pretty good. With Creed was less than $40 million. Creed was less than $40 wow. million. Wow. I, f- I feel like the, money. the look mm. of this film definitely gave it a, you know, it looked like it was a movie. It wasn't yeah. just like a made-for-TV Netflix mm. film. So it definitely had that that look and feel. Um, Ridiculous Six was sixty million. Uh, by the way, well, they had a the cast. Probably the cast out. wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. a lot of fees. Well, this this movie had a decent cast. Yeah, not, yeah, not not, not not as big as Ridiculous Six, but what a I mean, probably not as big, but I feel liked one of the actors in. Yeah, yeah, in, definitely in this movie. I mean, is is the budget have got a lot to do? I guess was where it was filmed as well. Oh, like, well, it, it all... like they've got to transport and send it all overseas and, well, and so they filmed a bit of it in Atlanta where a lot of um, they've got a huge setup for film and TV in Atlanta yeah. and then the other half filmed in Atlanta and New York City yep. and then filmed in the Dominican Republic, Republic yeah. yeah I can't imagine it would have been that expensive to film no I would have got some good either. cuts um, from that I reckon um, some other things I was looking at so um, the the CIA obviously plays a bit of a role in this film and mm-hmm. the the um, the depiction of their CIA logo wasn't wasn't real. Correct, it was fake. Yeah. yeah. So to me, that just means they didn't get the approval of the CIA to be involved. And most films, I, I wonder do, why. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> most films do try hard to get like you know NASA yeah. or CIA or the FBI to, to get involved. But yeah, obviously we'll probably talk about that a bit later. So, so, the yeah. <laughs> um, so this appeared on the 2009 blacklist. You know, guys know what the blacklist yeah, is? Yeah, I know. That was, that was probably the most interesting thing I read about this. So the blacklist is like this list of films that goes around to studios and, and it's, it's a list of the ones that keep getting knocked back. Keep, yeah. keep but like the most popular ones. Yeah. There's a lot of them. It's like, you know, they think they're going to be made and they're yeah. going to be good, but just haven't been yet. The, be, the best unproduced ones. Yeah. Um, so, so, so that original script was written by Jeff Morris when it was on the blacklist and then it got rewritten by the director Jeff Wadlow but 2009 it was on the blacklist mm. so it was sitting in um, movie Demand Demand for a yeah. long time yeah, it's... Um, there was a bit of controversy in Venezuela about the the way that the, the country was depicted in this film um, and there were some politicians that you know said that the <laughs> the president was just <laughs> yeah. an absolute moron <laughs> and they, they said that the representation of the country um, promoting a coup um, against the actual president, so he sort of related it to real life yeah. and to what was happening um, in Venezuela at the time, which I thought was quite funny. Um, I, I did read this like really good interview, but with the screenwriter and the director, um, and you know, like one of the questions that they asked the screenwriter was like, you know, how much research did you put into this film? And he goes, none. I pulled it out of my imagination. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that honesty. That's awesome. So Are you trying to tell me that the president of Venezuela is not American? Not American. <laughs> yeah, he's not from San Diego. Like, <laughs> um, and then like the, the interview kept going and, and pretty much he said, you know, once they got Kevin James on board, um, they took the package to the Cannes Film Festival and then Netflix, as they do, they said, yep, bang. A couple of months later, call them back and said, we're supportive. Um, let's get this movie going. It's been sitting there for so long. And then the director goes, um, you know, they were, they were so supportive. A um, couple of times where he st- stood back and said, hey, I'll take a step back. And Netflix said, no way, you're our guy. What, what does that remind us of? <laughs> like every other film. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> every other film that we've looked at so far. So, um, you know, they said, we want your vision. The film's what we want. And It's okay. interesting how important it is, is, like this movie sitting there doing nothing and you sign someone like Kevin James, who is by no means an A-lister. You'd probably put him under the B-lister category, but as soon as Kevin James gets on board, the wheels start turning yeah, and yeah. things actually happen from it. So it's interesting how it actually works in the business. If you get a big name actor, then you've got a movie. Simple as that. Yeah. Which is, I think, what uh, the director of The Fundamentals of Caring said. He's like, we've got Paul Rudd on. As soon as you get Paul Rudd, yeah, you've, got got you've got a movie yeah. to go on. Shout out to Rob Burnett, great director. Rob Burnett, our boy. <laughs> Rob Burnett, I hope um, Heath's gone back and watched the first 10 minutes of that <laughs> yeah, film. exactly. <laughs> yeah, I put it on when I'm a bit tired and just, you know, need to sleep. <laughs> Rob is a big fan of the podcast, by the way. <laughs> had you seen, he has reached out to us. Had you seen much of this director's work before this movie? <laughs> well, but looking at it, he'd done a lot of TV. A lot of short films. I'd, I'd seen one movie that he's done. That was it. No, it was Never Back Down. Which... Did he direct that? Or I think he may have been a writer. Well, I, I thought he directed that. Because what I looked at, the only thing I could see was that he'd, um, this was his first feature and he went on and did that Truth or Dare movie. Yeah, True, Truth or Dare was the other one. I think he directed Kick-Ass. Kick-Ass. Yeah. Um, the, the other thing that I, I thought was interesting was... Um, you know, we've spoken about Rotten Tomatoes, um, um, Rotten Tomatoes, and the the perception. So this is one of those films. So there's this list of Rotten Tomatoes films that sit on zero percent. Is it? And this is one of those Rotten Tomatoes films that sits on zero percent, but it's only off eight reviews. So there's a lot of other films that where to- Rotten Tomatoes won't give an overall consensus until they have a certain amount of reviews. But this one has got zero percent um, on eight reviews. I'm surprised by that. I thought I remember when this one came out there was a lot more fanfare around it and Netflix pushed it a lot more than their other films. It was one of the... They probably had those Adam Sandler films and this film as like their main stable at the start Start. that they really pushed out. So I'm surprised that not enough people have reviewed that on on Tomatoes. Well, it had an audience score of 43%. um, So that... uh, It's still pretty low, I guess. But yeah, 0% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's... Any any other things that we've we've read about? Oh, there there was a casting change late. So, um, an injury? yeah, so the, uh, the role of the DA agent Rosa, um, was meant to be played by Genesis Rodriguez, but she injured herself during the rehearsals for the movies had to pull out. They did say there was some intense training prior to this. I would have thought so. Yeah. How much work did Kevin James do? Well, that's what, mate, that's <laughs> what, he, that's what he, he said. He sort of said that once, cause once they got on Zule Hanau for, to play Rosa, mm. Um, which, by the way, Kevin James' wife actually got her on board. Oh. So I think she read an article that um, Zule was in and got um, the director and Kevin to, to interview her or give her a, a screen test, which was via FaceTime. And that was, enough <laughs> for, that was enough for them. She got the role off the back of that and then they were straight into training. And um, yeah, Kevin James made a point of being like, it's obviously not how I normally do my films. It's not like straight into rehearsal to, to train to get into shape or do action stuff so um 
there was obviously quite a bit. I think they obviously had stuntmen and whatnot. Mm. Yeah. Um, there was a bit of work there. I, but when we when I was watching this, one of the cameos that really um, got me was that Katie Katie Couric, um, the yeah. when Kevin Jane his yeah, character the, sits down and has interview. that interview. Yep. Has anyone else um, anyone else seen Katie or know of Katie Couric? Because the only thing that comes to my head is there's a Family Guy little sketch where Peter Griffin is. <laughs> So she's sitting at the desk doing her thing, and Peter Griffin's on that glass window in the back going, Katie, 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 and then bangs the window so hard and breaks through. And I was like, oh my God. I was trying to wonder why I know that name, and I reckon that's the reason. <laughs> it just came to my head. I'm like, oh my God, this is all I can think of is Family Guy. Um, so I thought that was, that was quite funny. <laughs> all right, so is there anything else we want to talk about before we talk about some characters? Now let's get into the characters. Um, Heat up, what, what do we think? Um, I liked. Oh, I like quite a few characters in this actually. Um, I'm I'm really in general not a big fan of Andy Garcia, but I did like him in this movie. I'm not sure if it's because I loved his beard; it was great. <laughs> but I liked Andy Garcia's role, and I don't really like him. Um, I wasn't sure if we were supposed to like him initially. Yeah. I'm like, nah, this guy's the main bad guy, right? And then you're like, oh nah, he's he's the good yeah. guy because the other guys were, were bad. Yeah, right? yeah. So I was like, oh no, like he's still bad, but he's he's yeah. good. And I'm like at the end, I'm like, no. no He's bad, He's bad yeah. I, I just like him, though, and I mean, I'm sure... I thought he was good. Yeah, I'm sure, Jesse, that um, you would know this, but I loved um, Juan, uh, who was uh, Andy Garcia's right-hand man. Yeah. Well, loved him, because um, he's obviously in Narcos, and I loved him in Narcos, and I see him in this, I'm like, oh, he's just Do you just like people again. because you like him? Because every time you talk <laughs> about characters, you're like, uh, you either say, I really liked him in this, so I liked him in this, or you're like... I saw him in this and I just couldn't see him in any other role than this. Like, I feel like if I, well, for, so for this guy, I, I, I love him in Narco. So when I see him in this, I've already got kind of like a positive, like thought in my mind about him. And so like, obviously if, if, if he's, if he's not good and I'm not going to like him, but I just, I'm, I'm already going in with a positive mind. Oh, I, I like this actor. Yeah. So did anyone go in with a positive mind of Kevin James then? Because I love Kevin James. What, do we, what, do we, what, what have we seen of Kevin James that we I like? should have prefaced this at the start. <laughs> there is something about that man that I just can't get enough of. <laughs> and I don't know if it's some sort of relatability that I have with him, oh, but I just, I find, him, <laughs> I find him so funny and I find him, I, I love the fact that he's just this massive dag and he knows he's a dag and he plays the dag so well. So I was a big, I'm a fan of King of Queens. I thought Doug Heffernan's a great character. In fact, I think every character Kevin James plays is basically a little bit of Doug Heffernan. <laughs> I, I, I just, I Paul, can't. Paul Blart, Mulcock. I can't not watch him and laugh. Like even in this, every time he sprints, I'm, I'm gone. Like he just pumps those arms really hard and his little legs go really quickly. He's a good, he's actually got good physical comedy to him, so. Um, the, the, the opening like I think everyone I feel like everyone was cast pretty well in this and you know the I, there were no characters that I was like oh you know don't really like you yeah. but I, like the start I was like oh it's just like a fat James Bond <laughs> <laughs> when the film started uh, for the first thing I thought of I'm like I love seeing Kevin James kicking ass it was, it was such a cool scene but then I was I also like how is this happening? Like, is it, uh, how is this a thing? And then obviously when I realized what the premise of the film yeah. was that, you know, um, he's a writer and it's not really him. Um, it kind of made sense. But initially I was like, this is awesome, but this doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, okay. What, that's how it works. What is going on? <laughs> yeah. I like the setup. Like they set it up really well to make it out. Like, like you said, he was such a loser. Like, yeah. <laughs> like you know, he's in the apartment block and the, the girl's like giving him absolute donuts and he's just got complete and utter horrible <laughs> lines to her. And, you know, he's in his office and the co-worker was complete like 
twat towards yeah. him and and um you know and you get that shot of him getting his manuscript back and just got rejected in these big letters like yeah, yeah you are a reject like, <laughs> and I thought that was that was a good setup to, to I really like the scenes where he had writer's block and they go to the actual seat of the field and they were good he's going to just hanging around sitting there like come oh, man you got to do something yeah, yeah. <laughs> like at the start the bad guy just kind of walks past and he's like alright we'll see you man and yeah. he keeps walking and that was a clever yeah. I've never seen something like that in the film it was, it was clever. clever yeah I liked um, it. That thing about him at his office, though, with his boss, how often do you see that in films? Just like this little tidbit scene about a boss who's a jerk, who's making this person work too hard. Mm. <laughs> you just like, okay, this guy's got a bad go, life. Go back and job. listen to Rebirth. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Boss wouldn't even talk to him. No. Um, I could have seen Adam Sandler in this film playing that role almost. Yeah, you could. I think, but the do-over, I feel like it's like a very similar, yeah, would have similar seen, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah very similar. I think the fact that Kevin James was was is a bit fat <laughs> made it better as well. Like that they're, they're kidnapping this guy. Like this guy is the ghost. This yeah. guy's this amazing assassin. You're like, no, he's not. Yeah. <laughs> Look at him. <laughs> he's, he's you could, you could, like you could put John Goodman in the role or something. He could have played like the character as like as just as well. I reckon too. So one thing I liked about the character though is that they set up well that he was incredibly thorough. So he knew what he was oh. talking about with this kind of stuff. And even that scene where he was working out in his apartment and he was fighting that mannequin, mm. I was watching that thinking, is this supposed to be how bad he is or is he actually not a bad He's fighter? Really like, he was really committed. Like, he, he knew what he was doing. So later on when he was doing stuff, you were like, well, it's not too far-fetched to think yeah. that he just all of a sudden picked up how to do these things. See, I, I even love before that where you see, where you, I think at the very start where you see him writing his book and you see his wall and it's like, you know, one of like the, the FBI walls with all the things everywhere, got the arrows and so yeah, he's so thorough. He's done all this research into making this book. I, I really like that, seeing all that stuff <laughs> on the wall. Yeah. Yep. Totally, totally agree. Even um, though his signature gun move was so daggy, everyone to spin the gun, <laughs> catch it, shoot. But, but you always knew it was going to come back in, <laughs> in the end. Especially when she said, yeah, it's, it's when are you ever going to use yeah. it? Oh, I bet you he uses it. <laughs> I liked, um, I liked, like we're talking about, I liked those, those scenes where it was like his imagination and then it sort of cuts back to reality. Mm-hmm. And I felt like that was done really well at the start and then it sort of just disappeared throughout the film. It didn't really play a big part towards the end. I guess he wasn't writing as much. Yeah. End, so it was he was more involved in it. Like if he was doing it. Yeah. Yeah. But obviously like at the end, he has that interview with Katie and it's about his new book about these adventures. So sure. Like you could have had it that these are ideas that he's putting towards his sequel. Cause mm-hmm. we had that phone call that he had with his publicist who was like, how are you going with the, with the follow up novel? And he's like, Oh, I've been kidnapped. And she's like, ah, good, good, yeah. good research. Mm-hmm. So they could have kept following it through. Yeah. Like, true. Way. True. Um, what, so what we're talking, I guess, about what we liked. We like Kevin James' like one-liners, yeah? We like his one-liners? Uh, no. <laughs> Let's light this candle. No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that they were corny and they fitted in with, with what the movie was. He does corny I so well. When he said, Let's light this candle, I always had to pause it because I was laughing too much. Yeah. I, I mean, I loved any scene with the CIA guys yeah, they were hilarious when when they're betting about if he's going to live and die and stuff and I've got that like, in my like worst scenes oh I love them they were hilarious because I feel like it just totally changed like it was just this stark contrast to everything else you're looking at because the, the soundtrack just went to like this comedic sort of like ha 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 laugh true, trying to make you laugh it got quite serious at that point where when it was similar similar special correspondence how they, they lie about this thing and then all of a sudden they find themselves yeah. in the midst of it. It's exactly the same sort of oh, setup. But when he's in Venezuela, it's like, it is, you know, he's not going to die or anything because you're watching a comedy film. Yeah. But um, the stakes are really high. The stakes are, and, yeah. and then this, the CIA guys, 
who I thought were funny, but I also thought were jarring as well. Yeah. I, I really liked the, um, a lot of the transitions with the typewriter. I thought that was really clever, like the typewriter, mm. the text going over the screen, and it was like, you know, a good way of moving from scene to scene. I thought that was done really well. And when they spelt inauguration wrong, and like backspace, 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 backspace yeah. backspace, yeah. backspace. Yeah. <laughs> that was really nice. Touch. I thought that was really clever. Uh, uh, I like that it, um, in the opening scene where he gets blasted with like the rocket, and he's like, hang on, hang on, no, 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 and, and he backspaces. <laughs> it's too extreme. <laughs> what am I thinking? Yeah, I thought that was, those was those good. scenes were really well done. Yeah. And and in line with that, there was that scene where um, that this big shot of New York City, and then like the download bar was going across the screen, and it was pumping like just went up to like fifty six thousand and counting. And I thought that was really cool. Yeah, it was was good, like, yeah. Some good use of like graphics. Yeah. Uh, which was cool. What else? Oh, I like the scene um, when when Juwan, Juwan is walking Sam up the street. Um, like after he's taken him from Rosa, and you know that it, it's a bit of um, a bit of comedy in there. He's, I think um, Sam asked him, "Oh, you, you you didn't kill her," and he's like, no, "I'm a freedom fighter. I'm not a killer. But you threatened to kill me. I'll make an exception." <laughs> and, and just a bit of their back and forth. You know, he's calling him a baby and things like that. I, I, I enjoyed that scene of them walking up there. That was when that I think you good. start to like Juan. Yeah, because they had to set up. Because Once you realise that all the bad guys were going to die, you were like, yeah, but what happens to the country? Yeah. Like, and when he was mm. the president at the end, you were like, okay, like he kind of had the right morals and the right idea. And yeah. They, but they set him up nice and slowly, which was good. Mm. Now, there was like a scene where they, they were driving through um, Caracas in Venezuela and then um, they had a lot of like, the, the pace of the shots went up and you could see like kids in the streets and the shanties and the houses and I thought that was like a really nice establishing shot of, yeah. of the city sort of giving you an idea about where they were going even though you know the um, they didn't really portray this place as a, a really well I think it's like the world's most dangerous city at some stage as well didn't it yeah. really like the slums yeah. for, a, for a fair bit of it yeah. until you get to Masovich's house yeah <laughs> I, I really liked um, the fight with Rosa and Masovic in, in the hotel, yeah, I thought that was a which ends with her spear tackling me out the window. I mean, anytime someone gets spear tackled out a window, it's pretty cool. <laughs> but I, I, I like that fight scene. But did, so that, I really liked the fight scene. I thought the, 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 the fight was really good. But then that really annoyed me. The spear tackle through the window was good. But then they spear tackled back through the window when they came back in. It was like they've gone out a window down about five stories and then all of a sudden they're spear tackling back into the, the spear window. spear tackling through a window is just awesome. Yeah, they're coming back in when they were on the ground. It's like, well, they're up here. And it's like, oh. Stop thinking too much into it, yeah. man. <laughs> um, I really like the Spanish songs. Like the Spanish Oh my God, they were great. Yeah, they were good. Uh, so what, what did we pick up on? Like what so, songs? Because like, there's a few there. Hungry Like the Wolf, yep. In the Air Tonight, and Should yep. I Stay or Should I Go. I love them. Yep. And the one that got me. There's also was, one that, uh, that you'll like. <laughs> Tay Tay? Yeah, Taylor Swift. Take it off as they walk in the house. <laughs> I didn't write that one on. You got, um, what's his name? Makovic. Um, Massovich. Massovich, like, yeah. like standing at the top of the staircase. Yeah. It was like this Taylor Swift playing in the background. I, I loved him. I thought I, I thought, thought they were great. I yeah. thought they were really well done. I also love it when you walk into that house and those girls are there in the water and he goes, they're fun girls, yeah? And Kevin <laughs> Chase goes, I could tell by all the splashing. <laughs> There's another one where he just lost me. Uh, all right. <laughs> Anything else that stood out? Are we ready to move um, there, there was a scene... Honestly, I can't remember who it was, but someone got thrown through a table, and I like seeing that. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always up for someone getting thrown through a table. Might go back to my wrestling uh, love of, uh, of watching WWE, but I love when someone gets thrown through a table. There were some good fighting scenes. Yeah, hmm. the action was pretty good. All right, I'm going to talk about some things that annoyed me. Right, please go. Here we go. My product placement update. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah. Starbucks at the start just did my head in. They oh, continually yeah. went to Starbucks. and I was See, like, in my the- head, I'm like, this is totally the kind of place that an internet author would meet up with his internet producer. Correct. Mm-hmm. And that was, that was good. But like, do it in a cafe. You don't have to show that it's Starbucks. Starbucks makes it more um, cringier. Like, mm-hmm. like, 
when she's can you imagine the conversations like hey I'm going to get your book published she's like yeah where do you want to meet I'll coffee come, shop yeah because she doesn't have an office yeah no mm. come to Starbucks it's even worse like well um it's talking about like cringeworthy like when they're at that house and then he um the guy gets shot for not getting the right alcohol and he's like oh, I've got some Smirnoff for you yeah. <laughs> okay thanks yeah. thanks yeah. um and then the Katie um Katie Couric scenes the Yahoo logo was just over the screen multiple times. That's the main. I'm, I'm going to start I don't mind like a little bit of like subtle Yeah, you hate it, don't you? You hate it. <laughs> I know that it helps get the movies paid for. I'm going to start but... looking for product placement and I'm going to try and pick up something that you don't pick up on. All right, good. It's let's do a new goal. Challenge for next movie. Next next film we do next week. Who bet? Pick up on product placements I don't. I will. It's going to be so obscure. I'll be like, did you see the guy was wearing a Jag t-shirt? <laughs> <laughs> Jag. All right. Is um, Jag still a brand? Yeah, they're still a brand, yeah. Mr. Fashion maybe (laughs) Um, I've I've got a couple others so the helicopter scene at the start they overdid it so you knew that something was going to come back and that was so obvious at the end that it was going to happen again Um, and it looked really fake it looked so fake it did look very fake fake. fake. and I was like if you've got $40 million make it look real I I like though when at the end when he's hanging off it and Andy Garcia keeps flying into the trees (laughs) again (laughs) That's good. <laughs> I, but I think something like that in a movie like this, where your audience is not expected to be thinking too much whilst watching it. Yeah. Easy setups like that yeah. are always going to happen. Like, yeah. The the other easy setup um, was obviously it was all coming down to this this point at the end where they're all going to go to this ball, and they just continually talked about it. And that, that's just that's one of those tropes that you see in. Oh, really easy films. to get into that ball as well. <laughs> really <laughs> easy. It's like all of a sudden this guy's just there and Rosa mm. is just able to go with him and like, okay. What did you think about the food nicknames that Rosa kept saying? Did they make you laugh? Because to me they didn't. Like she called him um, honey baked. <laughs> oh yeah. Sam cheese, bacon bits, McRib. Nah, it was, it was <laughs> a bit much. A bit much. <laughs> MJ obviously had a gig. MJ loved it. <laughs> Again, that's why it wouldn't work if he wasn't fat. <laughs> <laughs> True. Um, they Didn't could, he call her one at one stage at the end as well? I'm sure he sure. called her like one of the ones that she called him and she was just like, don't call me that. Yeah, like, I, I, I recall that. I recall that. Um, like they continually like called Venezuela. Like they didn't portray it in a very good light. I thought that was a bit rough. Like, like there was actual dialogue was like, this place is a dump. <laughs> they could have easily just made it like a no-name country. It wasn't important. Yeah, it wasn't important South where it was. Country, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there was a scene towards the end where Rosa and um, Sam are having this little deep and meaningful and... Uh, you know, um, he works out, oh, you're actually worried about me. And she's like, you know, how did you know? And he's like, I'm a writer. I noticed the details. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> that, was <pretty> that was so bad. <laughs> Is it when she goes and telling me about, he's like, she's like five partners die and <laughs> so I, she's I was, messing with him. I was him. initially hating that scene. When yeah. she's oh, like, me too. Me too. I'm like, oh, we don't need this sob story. Yeah. Like, and then you're talking out. about why she works alone. Yeah. And everyone dies that she works with and you're getting worried for Sam and then... When she was pulling his leg, I was like, oh, you got me as well. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't know you were lying about <laughs> well, that. She had lots of tears running down her face. Yeah, like, yeah she was good. Water she was good. Um, <laughs> last thing, update on uh, Netflix original songs. Did either of you watch the credits? Uh, yeah, I always leave it on. Yeah, did you? The, no. No? So there was a mention at some stage where um, someone made a comment about, oh, I saw oh, like, yeah. a YouTube yeah. video with um, you and Katie and they did like a mashup. Ma- um, oh, mashup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, over yeah, the credits, yeah, yeah, that mashup credits. of the interview... Yeah, with like a. Oh. Are we calling this a Netflix? I'm calling that a Netflix song. original song. <laughs> I think that is that part a, of the film. It was <laughs> bad. <laughs> it's a song. You play it over credits as a song. I get it. I don't think they're going to be releasing it on iTunes. For mm, it could be a challenge. See if you can find it. Download it. the charts. All right, I'm done with the things that annoyed me. I, I didn't like him making the deal with the publisher 
Like, it just didn't seem real where she was just like, they didn't talk about money or anything. They didn't talk about what was going to happen. It was just, he was just kind of like, all right, yep, agreed. It was just real. I mean, for someone who's put that much effort into a book, it seemed really irresponsible of him to, I guess, not talking about details and stuff though. I agree. But uh, but they sort of show that because like, he was like, oh no, I'm not going to sign it. And then she's like, oh, here's five grand. He's like, yeah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) But you, like you saw when he got rejected that um, he'd obviously been rejected time and time Quite a few times, yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got another one for you. I know, you go. Um, when, when Rosa rescues Sam from the corrupt police chief, she has um, she starts shooting at the police chief. Yeah. And he's not far away and he misses and she misses him about five times. Didn't Just didn't feel that realistic to me. I'm like, you're this DA, you Hang on, you like action movies though. This happens in every action yeah, movie. Yeah, but I do. But it just, I, it just felt a bit weird because she was just very close to him and she missed him a lot. <laughs> that scene annoyed me a little bit as well because like they kept going to that shot where you, you could see through the, the <clears> sniper <throat> lens. So it's like, oh, obviously someone's watching, something's going to happen. Like it wasn't like, you didn't feel worried about him at any stage being in that room because mm. you knew someone was going to come. It would have been nice. Or... It would have been nice if it was a surprise, but it also would have felt like a cop-out if it was just like, oh, someone just came out of nowhere anyway. in a car and saved True. you. True. But um, I was initially annoyed where she kept saying like, oh, you said this to him, you said this to him. And I'm like, how do you know all that? But I don't know. She obviously had a bug, so she could hear everything anyway. So I should There was a lot of like, there was so much like crossing and going backwards and forwards between who's going for who and who's... Yeah, oh, massively. Was, yeah. That's the thing. Like all over the shop. As I think I called it in my fast flicks, a murder triangle as opposed to a love triangle. Like <laughs> tri- just triangles kept, being generous. I'd be like a pentagon. He just like. kept going to everyone else. Yeah. Like, all right, I'll kill him for this reason. All right, I'll kill this person. All right, I'll kill mm-hmm. this person. I think that was the thing that for me that it got, it got a bit boring. The, the actual details of the, the narrative was a bit dull and I was a bit bored by it. Um, I like the overall premise of having this writer who gets mistaken for being a, you know, it's a good premise for a film. Yeah, right? I, I like that, um, and I, I liked the characters enough. But the actual details of it all happening, I was a bit bored by. Yeah, so I guess talking about that, like the the premise of him being a writer. So like they did a really good job of making him like an everyday sort of person, like an everyday man. Yeah, um, and sort of that that challenge of overcoming the ordinary or like being ordinary <clears throat> and the physical. <laughs> Um, yeah, I inabilities yeah, yeah. and you know the mental odds of like overcoming what's in your mind about who you are as a person as well so how do we do we think that was done well like was that uh, it's tricky it's well tricky. I think they set him up to be like on the surface he was he was a loner and he was yeah an ordinary guy yeah but as soon as he got put into Venezuela and realised that he had to try and go through with assassinating someone they were like um, who was it? Andy Garcia's character, El Toro, was like, okay, what do you need? And he's like, all of a sudden, oh, hang on, I know all this stuff. So he's yeah. like, I need this, I need this, we need to do this, this, yeah. and this. And straight away, you're like, well, I'm not surprised that he he's good at that kind of stuff because they've set him up mm. as someone who knows, knows that it. kind yeah. of stuff. So it was almost just believing in himself that yeah. he could do it, which, yeah, I thought they did that okay. I thought he's done well. That could have like been that. a cop out. It could have, yeah. yeah. Um, so. The, there's a little bit in it as well. It's like being a, you know, bettering yourself by putting other people first. And like, I think that that was sort of done through Rosa a little bit where, um, you know, she had this, this challenge of like, I don't know. Do you reckon she actually lost those five partners? No. 
Because I reckon she did. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I must admit, I never thought that she didn't. Maybe yeah. a couple, but I just seemed five just seemed a bit much. <laughs> yeah, and probably that add to the comedic element of what they're trying mm. to go for. Um, but I reckon, like, she actually had lost part. She's again. full invested in this, right? Yeah. Like, mm. yeah. And she was at this stage where she was, like, a lone wolf, and she kept saying, I'm by myself, I've got no support, mm. this is my last safe house, I've got nowhere to go. Yeah. And so I was like, she's been working by herself, looking out for herself, but then she turns a little bit and looks out for, for Sam. Mm. So I thought that was cool. She looks out for good, really. She's like yeah. a classic vigilante. Yeah. Like, um, as soon as she saw... I don't think... Do you think she saw Sam as like, this is an opportunity for me to progress my game? Or do you think she saw Sam as, oh, i got to save this guy, he's in too deep? Well, didn't at the start, she wanted to save him. Yeah. yeah. And then... That's what I... That's the vibe I get. Yeah. She just wanted to save him and then saw opportunity. And, and, and then kind of as it went on, it was kind of like, actually, this guy can help me do some good. I did so like it, it when she said, how did you meet with the president's advisor or whatever? Yeah. He goes, like, I have all my meetings here. I get kidnapped. <laughs> yeah. And then I like, it turned as well because, like, Sam was at the airport ready getting on a plane and then yeah. he turned. It's like, okay, yeah. the whole movie, I've been trying to get to the embassy. I've been trying to get out of here, but yeah. now I'm going to go now back and, go back and, and save, her. Yeah, save her. Yeah. So that goes back, you know, putting others first. So Let's light this candle. <laughs> oh man please I wish uh, I had it written down more I didn't write you it down recording life. I loved it that was so funny and he kept trying to figure out what the best line would be oh, the, the, the line to end his, his script yeah. that was great so in that interview I was talking about before the, the director said or the writer said um, you know I wanted to have this cynical look at geopolitics so every politician or every government official we saw in it was pretty inadequate um, like a joke and you know what that's probably another negative that it was too far too far away like having an American as the president of another country Ridiculous. was like yeah. didn't and really need that it wasn't relevant either like no. it wasn't I guess that probably showed why the CIA was kind of covering not covering for them but they were kind of in on everything the CIA were useless and then obviously the DEA are useless too because they've cut off support to this chick and just said yeah. you just run with your Off-field. own thing and then well, I don't think she was like not even cut off support. I think they were just like, "We're not doing this. You don't work for us anymore, effectively." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, even obviously, <coughs> the, the cops overseas weren't great. No, <laughs> they're, they're all corrupt. Are we able to gloss over that because we think it happens in places, <laughs> or like and that was still a bad um, reflection. Right. Yeah, I've done my trip to South America, so say what you. Want. <laughs> <laughs> um, there, were, there were these really corny lines throughout, like. Um, yeah, but MJ loved them. I know. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to hit you up. <laughs> Only when Kevin James read them. All right, so this is a, 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 a audio thumbs up or thumbs down to these lines. All right. And they all fit in the same sort of theme. So one of the lines was, um, you don't want the best things in life to happen to your alter ego. Thumbs up or thumbs down? No, it wasn't great. <laughs> Not great. All right, good. Thumbs down. Not a great Next line. one. But you know, but it's but a nice message. It's a good message. Okay. Like it's, it's true, but it's the, line, the, the line wasn't great. Okay. Yeah. The next one, you only write for escape. No, that's terrible. <laughs> exactly right. Two. Next one. Stop living other people's lives and start living your own. Well, that's, that's I, I, similar I, I, to the first one. I, I like that one a bit more. I like that one. But that's yeah. I but mean, it's it's worded better. Yeah, you, you you could have that in like a really serious dramatic film, and that could be a really strong line if if done correctly. Like it's not bad. Okay, and last one. You're a man of action, not words. These are all the same. Oh, that's why I said they're all in the same thing. Nah. These are all dialogue from the same thing that they're trying to pump down your throat. Oh, well, at least they were creative about yeah, how different they lines. To say it. Oh, man. What do you think the movie was about? Yeah. <laughs> I, 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 they were trying to have a crack at the online publishing world a little bit too, I think. They were taking the piss. Yeah, yeah. Ab- absolutely. So, um, you know, she's like, oh, I work in the cloud. Twilight. Was Twilight still relevant in 2016? 
It was Twilight. I didn't realize it was Twilight like an ebook. Yeah, before well, it else. started off as an online yeah. um, story. I, 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 I didn't know. I didn't, I didn't know that. I yeah. figured that would be true because it would be a weird thing to learn about. Publish it, yeah. 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 Cool. yeah. yeah. I never knew that. And interestingly, Twilight just, it just was felt, a forty million dollar film. Yeah. And it just felt dated, <laughs> like straight away. Yeah, like, it oh, did. You're right. It Twilight. Yeah. Maybe Twilight's the only is Twilight the only big film that sorry big big book that was ever on started an ebook. Fifty Shades of Grey. Really. I feel like oh, maybe Actually, I, yeah, I'm pretty sure Fifty Shades of Grey was um, an online not that I've read it I imagine it's just a shocking read that many publishers would be like no thanks yeah. <laughs> hashtag uh, Jamie Dornan if there's, <laughs> if there's any fans out there of Jamie Dornan hit us up um, we love Jamie on this podcast Jamie <laughs> Dornan fans have strong social presence they do and thank you for your uh, feedback on our, um, our thank you and he was, he was excellent in Siege of Jadaville are there any other themes or motives that we can think of that are in that film well, despite, apart from that one, which we said in four different ways. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's all about, when you look at Rose's story, it's that whole like standing up for what you believe in as opposed to yeah. just quitting and going with the flow. I think she wanted to make a difference. And I felt, I felt one did as well. well he, like, yeah. Well, he explicitly said it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 They wanted to see the country do well. They wanted yeah. to do the right thing. Yeah. So standing up, I guess standing up for your beliefs when no one's got your back, but still going through with it. Yeah, and then even Sam by the end of it, that's exactly what he did. Mm. He had the safe way out and went back. Yeah, and it's also like, also like there's this perception versus reality. How does people see you from the outside in, and then how do you actually put yourself out there? I think all the characters sort of showed that a little bit, especially if you're a writer and you're living in your books as opposed to living mm. in real life. Yeah, exactly. It's another way they could have said it. All right, so. What do we take away from the film? What 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 did we like? What didn't we like overall? I thought it was just it's a good Netflix movie. It's a good good movie just to sit down and relax and and watch as as a good Netflix movie. I have that written in my notes. I've gone perfect film for Netflix. Yeah, yeah. I it was good Netflix. There wasn't things that I loved about it. There wasn't things that I hated about it. It was Mm. just a film, um, and I enjoyed watching it without wanting to rush to watch it again or even recommend it really. not that I wouldn't recommend it. I wouldn't wouldn't be the first thing I'd recommend to someone. But mm. yeah, I enjoyed watching it enough. Yeah, like it was it was nothing too serious. Bit of light fun, but at the same time, like the jokes to me, like I usually rate my my comedies based on how many times I laugh. Yeah, and did you laugh? No. Again, no. this wasn't like I don't think I particularly laughed out loud, except for those, some of those great lines. <laughs> um, this again, similar to like the Do Over. It's not one of those films that was full of. Like stop and laugh. We want you to laugh every yeah. five minutes. There was there was the action. That was some good it. funny bits. It was a light there. action, really. yeah, and yeah. Some of the action scenes were good as well. Like yeah, it was just a good enjoyable movie. Yeah. I thought it wouldn't be a bad movie to watch with a group of mates. Actually, yeah, you'd, you'd have a bit of fun with it. I reckon. Yeah, yeah, a couple of beers. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, that would yeah, help. Bit of fun. Um, did anyone IMDb at any stage? I know we spoke yeah. earlier a little bit. Yeah. I I jumped on for for Sam's boss. Oh, when okay. he came on, I was like, I um, I was pretty sure I knew who he was. Yeah, he um, well, I I um, knew him from um, Wolf of Wall Street. He plays uh, Nicky Koskoff, which is one of Leo DiCaprio's mates, just one of his little small group. Oh wow! Yeah, he, he came on. I'm like, oh, I think I know that guy. Yeah, the, the Wolf of Wall Street. So you saw a guy who was in this film for two seconds from a film where he played a bit part in another film. That's a good effort. Yes, that's a really good effort. <laughs> I love the Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> I did it for um, Rosa because she just looked familiar and I haven't seen her in anything but I just thought maybe there might have been something I'm like where have I seen you and nothing rang a bell so it was a uh, I thought the Rosa thing was like a, all I could think of was Brooklyn Nine-Nine yeah. I was like ah oh, it's Rosa it's Rosa it's Rosa <laughs> um, 
I only went on there to confirm what I knew straight in my head. So, um, Masovich. Yep. Um, the guy who plays him is called Andrew Howard. And when we did our episode on XOXO, I mentioned one of my favorite Australian films is One Perfect Day. He did, yeah. Um, and he plays Hector in that. He plays the bad guy in that. And okay. I was like, straight out, like, from One Perfect Day. And I was like, yeah. you're in an Aussie film and you're in this now. And then I looked, he's actually British anyway. But, I was um, say he's not Australian. No, he's not Australian. But, um, one perfect day. Please go see it if you can. I'll like, put it on my watch list. Put it on your watch list. It's a great film. All right. Any questions? What have you got to ask us? This was this. This is a little bit tricky to, to talk about. I think or ask questions about it. Yeah, I, there was nothing that left me stumped. Yeah, I didn't really have any. I'm um, sure you got a couple, Jesse. Yeah. So I felt like that they tried to dump in a couple of like little women's uh, feminist movement sort of things that sort of I was like. If you're going to try and play with that, you need to be um, consistent the whole way through. So there was one part where um, Rosa went and got a couple of beers for Sam and came back and he opens them and she goes, I could have done that by myself. I'm like, okay, cool. So maybe we're going to see her as a character. And then later on um, when she's fighting um, Masovich at the end, she goes, uh, he goes, you know, I'm going to kill a woman. Um, and she goes, oh, that's good to know that you, you give equal opportunity to men and women as well. I was yeah. like, cool. Yeah. This would have been cool if it ran the whole <laughs> way through, but it was just like these two little yeah. stark things. That there, of- there was also a joke then later where Rosa did something for Sam and Sam goes the line back. He's like, oh, I, I could have done that by myself. So, yeah. And on the flip side, you talk about, because she was such a strong female yeah. character. But at the end, Sam had to save her. Yeah. Like, despite all the fact that she got them everywhere, mm. they could have, like, they were nowhere without her. Could have done so much. But still at the yeah. end, he's like, I've got you. Bit of mixed messaging, which, yeah. Which was good for his development. So it's not, we're not trying, I'm not trying to say no. that, um, you know, they were trying to point in the other direction. But yeah, you're right. She was a great character, though. So I had, yeah, were the filmmakers too rough on Venezuela? And I think we sort of already touched that anyway. But yeah. yeah, they were probably yeah, a little poor. At the end, one was the president. Why? Tell me why. Like, why is he a president? Well, he's, I, I agree. It's, it's, <laughs> well, someone had to be. <laughs> that's, that's what it was. Someone yeah. had to be, and he was like, oh, this guy's okay. But do they need to show that? Like, was that to show that the CIA guys hadn't changed as well, and they're like, oh, it's going to be hard now to corrupt anyone because this guy's not going to take I think, corruption? I, I, think, I think they had to show that, or that, what they, or that everything they did like, was for something. something. Yeah, like, yeah. So it didn't just go back to the crap it was before, yeah. that it might actually change in so overall the whole story they've done something for the good okay I reckon like a minute before that happened I was thinking I bet Juan will be president <laughs> and then in my head I'm like no it doesn't quite add up he's just like this you know soldier and then it's like no no he's president <laughs> so, so picking on characters the last thing I want to ask please tell oh, I want to know sorry this is a question this is me begging <laughs> at the start in the bar the guy telling the story to Sam please tell me you knew that he was the ghost from the start <laughs> I've thought it. Oh, I've thought it. Oh, there's the obvious biggest setup in the world. I'm like, I want to, <laughs> I want to say yes, but no, I wasn't. I wasn't no. actively thinking about no. it the whole time. I'm like, okay, this it crossed my mind a little itself. bit, and I'm, I, I think it was more because I think they made a point to say he was only like a desk agent. Yeah, that's kind of like, know. nah, he, he's going. He, he's not going to be a desk agent. I, I didn't maybe think he was the ghost, but I thought, nah, he was, he was definitely in the field. I was thinking the whole time, of obviously, uh, the ghost is going to turn up at some, some point. Some point, right? yeah. So it was like, who do you think was going to be the ghost then? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's bad on me. But hey, this is one of those films I said, you can switch your brain off and enjoy yeah. it. And I think if I didn't switch my switch brain off, I would have to think too much into it. You don't have to think too much into it. Because as soon as as soon as he was there with the gun, I was like, oh, that's a good, that's a nice touch. He's the ghost. Like, great, great work. But yeah, of course, it's, it's yeah. clear as day. <laughs> 
All right. Anything else you want to ask? No, I feel like an idiot now. No, you don't. Um, that wasn't my problem. <laughs> Sorry. Guess he thinks he's so smart. No, 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 no. That, uh, that's not what I was Maybe I think at a subconscious level, I thought he was. <laughs> that's why it made so much sense for him to come back as the ghost. All right. Let's, let's do this. Let's give a rating. Let's go around the table. Um, we rate our films out of five. Hey, kick us off. What did you, what did you think? Um, yeah, look, the movie wasn't too bad. It gave me a few laughs. A bit corny at times, but overall... Um, it was pretty enjoyable. I liked a lot of the cast of actors and the characters. Um, I thought it was a lot better than Adam Sandler's first two efforts, which is, I think, a good comparison to compare him to. Um, I give this movie two and a half out of five. Good. Andrew? Cool. It was pretty fun. Um, the details within the story were pretty boring, but the overall premise worked well enough. Kevin James is just somebody I really like watching on screen, and this is no different in true memoirs. Probably not something I'd go out of my way to recommend, but... Easy enough to watch, two and a half stars. Cool. Um, I thought it was pretty predictable. Um, I thought Kevin James played the role well. Like, he did a good job and tried to say something, even though maybe the messages weren't great. So I'm going to give it a two. Um, so I put that sort of in between my two um, Adam Sandler films. It's funny Kevin James coming out and saying, like, it's such a different role for him. I think, obviously, because of the action side of things. Yeah. But I'm like, this is, like, the, the most Kevin James <laughs> yeah. kind of character. He's this writer who gets mistaken for something, and he's just all like, oh, what do I do? Like, that's so <laughs> Kevin James. Uh, so, Love you. Uh, individual scores, we always add up and, and give an average for our team. Heater, fill us in. What have we got out of five? 2.33. 2. 2.33. Out of five. So, not too bad. Um, as Age. usual, social media. Love our social media. Social. We put a question up each week about our film. As usual, my co-hosts don't know the question, mm. so we. This is a good one. So, if Ooh. you could create an alter ego for yourself, who would you be? So that's a fun one. It's a fun one. It's a good one because obviously in this film, um, like he's an assassin. He's an assassin. Oh, okay. So, so if you in your life could be someone else and and live that life. Vacaciously, is that the right word? I don't know. If you could live that that life, that life, who would you be? That's a really good one. I like that yeah. a lot. Hey, actually, on this, if you're listening to this podcast and it's weeks and weeks after we actually first released it, you can nick back onto our social channels and see where we post the questions, and you can post your response there. So yeah, don't feel like if you miss out on seeing the question in social this week, it does live there somewhere in in the cloud. <laughs> in the uh, cloud. So, oh, yeah, that go, sounds go, like something from this film. <laughs> go back and go back and find the question for this week. Because, um, yeah, I think with podcasts, you can listen to this whenever. You don't need to listen to it as soon as we release it. Yeah. So um, Exactly. So, and like MJ says, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Flix Forum. Um, subscribe to our podcast. Give us five stars. Um, get us, Recommend us to your mates, whatever you need to do. Have you got an answer to your question? I didn't actually think I just thought of the question I didn't yeah. thought of something myself I, I probably wouldn't I think you might have some ideas I wouldn't be an assassin no way I'm, that's I'm super like, dangerous I might be a writer <laughs> <laughs> who writes about assassins <laughs> that would be my my um, alter ego um, yeah, either of you got anything no, no, no have to think about it it'd have to be sport though sport yeah. Yeah. superstar sports player yeah World's greatest Pokemon catcher. We could. We could. Oh yeah. <laughs> Alright so <laughs> it'd be cool to be a spy a spy yeah yeah. I watch a lot of spy movies. It'd be cool to be a spy. <laughs> All right. So next week, we're going to be looking at um, the 2016 thriller film. It's called Mercy. It's directed by Chris Sparling. Um, stars James Wolk, Caitlin Fitzgerald, Tom Lipsinski, Dan Ziski, Michael Godry, and Michael Donovan. So um, get on board. Watch the film before next week so you can join in and listen and laugh to our hilarious take on... Laugh? Is this going to be a funny one, Mercy? <laughs> well, we usually... 
have a laugh. We do enjoy each other's company. Yeah. So I hope we can, can find a laugh at any kind of I thing. Didn't re- I'm going to apologize. I didn't recognize any of those names oh. for Mercy. Pop says more about me, but um, me either. Yeah, so I'm looking forward to it. As usual, we've had fun. So thank you for coming along and chatting movies. Thanks, boys. It's been great. Good fun. And um, we will see you all next week. Bye.